Welcome to Hydrant Church. We're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. We know that you have lots of options, and we don't take for granted that you've taken the time today to, to worship with us, to engage with God together. You know, it's kind of an interesting season, but Hydrant Church has always been about the same three things and continues to be about the same three things. Those three things are to connect and fill and overflow. We say that to us, that means connecting with God and with one another. And then those connections, something begins to happen to us. We see that God begins to fill us with grace and truth and love and hope. And that just overflows. It overflows on our families. It overflows in our neighborhoods. It overflows on our community. And we hope and pray that as you worship with us today that you can connect with God and want to invite you to begin to connect with us at Hydrant Church. The first step to that is, is really easy. You just take the phone you have right in front of you right now and text the word CONNECT to 919-888-4401. And when you text the word CONNECT, you'll get a text back inviting you to share just your email address and your name with us, and we'll follow up with you and, and help you to connect to, to Hydrant Church and to what's happening here and to what's happening in the future as we continue to connect and fill and overflow. You know, as we have come out of the first month of an unusual rhythm, as the pastor here at Hydrant Church, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity and your commitment to the vision and the mission of Hydrant Church as you have invested in what's happening here. You can continue to invest in who we are as Hydrant Church, continue to invest in the mission and in the vision of what's going on here by giving online. You can uh, go to our website, hydrantchurch.org, go to the giving page, hydrantchurch.org slash give, and you can give online, you can give in our app, you can even text to give, and, um, and in that way, you'll invest in who we are, invest in what's happening here, invest in the overflow into our community that happens week after week. And again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to our folks. Thank you to Hydrant Church for being the kind of people that invest, even when it's hard, even when it's challenging. And because you're that kind of people, we wanted to give you an opportunity to continue to do that in a little different way. Many of you know that we operate the Hydrant Food Pantry, and it gathers and, and serves meals that folks can take with them on the third Saturday of every month. And it remains open throughout the week. As you contact Hydrant Church, we can get back with you and, and provide emergency needed food in times that are difficult or challenging or uncertain. But in these times of uncertainty, we have been um, connecting with more and more families in this way. In last month, we served twice the number of families that we normally serve, and that's depleted the stock in our food pantry. So I want to say two things. First, if you're in need, if you need a little extra to get by during this time, then reach out to Hydrant Church, and we would be glad to help you meet those needs and to be able to connect some food resources with you. And then if you have a little extra, if you could drop off a box or bag of canned goods or dry goods or, or maybe frozen meats to the food pantry, then you can 
reach out to Hydrant Church and we'll schedule a time for you to drop those off as well. We will continue to operate the food pantry as a way of serving Southeast Goldsboro and beyond in the days and weeks to come, no matter what happens. As we continue to worship this morning, I am reminded that it's Palm Sunday weekend. And on this day, Jesus stands outside of Jerusalem and he begins to weep. He weeps over his people. He weeps over their grief. He weeps over their anxiety. He weeps over their fear. Because he says, if only you had known what would really give you peace. For many of us, we're looking to all sorts of things for peace. Sometimes we just look to distraction to get us by for a few minutes. Sometimes we look to uh, something to self-medicate. Sometimes we are looking for anything we can to help us find some peace. The truth is that only Jesus can give us that peace. In fact, he says that when he comes to us, he gives us a peace that's completely beyond our understanding. It doesn't make sense, the kind of peace that he offers to us. But we've got to lean into his presence. We've been given the opportunity during the season to be still and know that he is God. To be still and see him work. To be still and let him be the rescuer. To let him be the king in our lives as he is in the world. We want to lean in to him now in just a, a few moments of prayer. And I want to invite you in your own heart and mind during these moments to talk to God. Tell him about the fears. Tell him about the anxieties. Tell him about that pull toward depression. Pull him Pull close to him and let him pull close to you as we pray. Father, it's, it's us. It's your kids, your children, and we need you. Many of us aren't real sure about what's coming next. Some of us don't know what's happening in our jobs. We don't know what's happening with school. We don't know what's happening in our lives. Everything just seems so uncertain. All of the the normalcy is gone, and we're not even sure how to respond to it. And that just creates a, a disease in us and an unease, and we need you. We need you to come in your strength and in your love and be that comfort for us. Remind us that no matter what happens during this season, that you do not give up on us. Remind us that in this season, no matter what happens, you are weaving good and beautiful out of all that is dark and difficult and struggle. That even as we have been in this season of Lent and we've connected to your suffering and we have felt the suffering of the world, God, we, we want to lean into you, to draw close to you, to feel your comfort and peace. Set us free from the anxiety. Set us free from the fear. You're not worried, and so we won't worry. We'll trust you. Lean in and find our peace in you. Thank you for being with us wherever we go. Thank you for never forsaking us. Amen. We hope you enjoy this message and the rest of this service together. It has been great to connect and pray with you for these few minutes.
So he rides a donkey down the Mount of Olives towards the city, and all these crowds are forming, and people are singing, praise the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They're laying down their cloaks in front of him. Yeah, why all this royal treatment? Okay, so Israel's ancient prophets promised that one day God himself would arrive and rescue his people and rule the world. Other times the prophet spoke about a coming king who would ride into Jerusalem to bring justice and peace. So Jesus is activating all these hopes that he's that king and everyone's ecstatic. Well, not everybody. The religious leaders, they think Jesus is a threat to their power and so they're not happy. But even more striking, Jesus himself is distraught. He's actually weeping as he rides. Yeah, why? Well, Jesus can see what is coming. He knows that he won't be accepted as Israel's king. And he knows that Israel will keep going down a destructive path, neglecting the poor, stirring up rebellion against their Roman oppressors. And he knows that it will lead to death. It breaks his heart. And it riles him up. The first thing he does in Jerusalem is march into the temple courts and he drives out the money changers, disrupting the entire sacrificial system. Yeah, he's staging a prophetic protest and he stands in the center of the courtyard shouting out words from Israel's ancient prophets. This is supposed to be a place of worship, but you've made it a den of rebels. A den of rebels? Yeah, he's quoting from the prophet Jeremiah, who stood in this same spot, the center of Israel's religious and political power. And he offered the same critique of Israel's leaders, that they're rebellious and corrupt. And they get the message and start to plan to have him killed. Which is no surprise to Jesus. In fact, he planned that all of this would happen during Passover. This is the Holy Week when Jewish people celebrate their ancient story of how God liberated them from slavery and invited them into a covenant relationship. And so Jesus uses the symbols of Passover to reveal the meaning of his coming death. The broken bread was his broken body, and the wine was his blood that would establish a new covenant relationship between God and Israel. Jesus was going to die for his people and open up a new way forward. After the meal, Jesus takes his disciples to a garden to pray. And he struggles with the very human desire to save his life instead of sacrificing it. But he overcomes this temptation. And it's here where the religious leaders with the temple guards find him and arrest him. Now, Jerusalem was being ruled by the Roman Empire. And so the temple leaders couldn't execute Jesus without permission from their Roman governor, a man named Pontius Pilate. And so they make up this charge that Jesus is a rebel king stirring up revolution against the Roman emperor. Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answers, you say so. So Pilate can see that Jesus is an innocent man and he doesn't deserve death. But the leaders keep insisting that he is dangerous. So they negotiate a compromise. Pilate will release an actual rebel against Rome, a man named Barabbas, instead of Jesus. And so the innocent is handed over in the place of the guilty. Jesus is taken away with two other accused criminals and nailed to a Roman execution device. And people are mocking him. Hey, if you're the messianic king, save yourself and us. But Jesus loved his enemies to the very end, offering hope to one of the criminals dying beside him. And he even prayed for his executors. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then the sky darkened as an innocent man died the death of a rebel. And then Jesus cried out with ancient words from Israel's Psalms, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then Jesus died, innocent and alone. Today is Palm Sunday. It's traditionally a day that 
we celebrate as a, as a big day. Lots of churches would be filled with children waving palm branches and, and shouting words like, Hosanna, Hosanna, and, and praise the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and there would be just lots of huge and wonderful celebrations. There would be churches and families having egg hunts and, and all kinds of wonderful things. And then for a lot of us, we would jump to next week, and it's Easter, and we would be shouting, He is risen indeed, and we, would, we will celebrate that Christ is alive, that Christ has come back, that Christ has made all the difference for all of us. And we would jump from one celebration to another celebration. But the truth is, for a lot of us, we don't feel a lot like celebrating, we don't feel a lot like standing on our feet and raising our hands in praise. We don't feel like worshiping or shouting anything. It's been a rough season. It's been a hard season. And maybe the truth is we can connect to this Holy Week time in a new way, in a way that is more connected more like the ancient people of God maybe even connect with Jesus more than ever before you see as it came time for the day that we celebrate today as we come to Palm Sunday as Jesus got close to Jerusalem and he and he sent his friends in to get that donkey just still just a strange image or a grown man riding on a colt as as people are singing and shouting if we were to think about how the people there that day might have felt, might have really felt as they came to that moment of celebration, those moments of shouting Hosanna and, and singing praises to this new king, we'd realize that they were in a hard season too. You know, they, they felt a lot of angst. They were the people of God who had promises that God would provide and God would take care of them and God would send them a king and God would set them free and make them a people. But instead of living into the promises of freedom, instead of feeling like they were able to celebrate, they felt like they were under the boot of the Roman Empire. They felt the, the angst of being, um, being under the control of someone else, of, of having these restrictions and life that wasn't free and full. I imagine for many of them, there was this kind of pull, right? This pull toward fear, the fear that their oppressors, that their occupiers could turn on them at any moment. Some anxiety that the taxes would be too much and that the tax collector might take their fields might take their children might take them into prison to pay off their debt there's probably this pull toward loneliness and disconnectedness a pull toward grief and all of the stages of that there were some who just denied that anything was any different and they just pushed ahead and pretended like it was just the same and things were good and easy and wonderful. There were those who were angry and would wanted and tried to rebel. They were known as zealots. There were, there were those who, who negotiated and tried to 
make it seem better than it is or get what they wanted out of things by, by making deals. And those who just kind of accepted that it is as it is right now. And so with all of that emotion and all of those feelings and, and all of that angst and that daily pull toward fear and anxiety and grief and a, a weariness, that's, that's when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. That's when they began to celebrate and began to shout. I think for a lot of us, we feel that weariness. The, the massive crisis that has hit our world has in some ways moved out of crisis mode, right? Like we've, we've moved out of this season and time when adrenaline kicked in and we stocked up a little bit if we could. We made plans. We were excited to have the kids home for a few days and, and all of that is worn off. And we're just left with these feelings of being overwhelmed and, and this loss of normalcy and not really even feeling like we can step into any kind of new normalcy. And there's a pull. There's a pull toward grief. There's a pull toward anxiety and depression. There's a pull toward fear. There's a pull toward this loss. And we need to hear again the story of Palm Sunday. The story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem to begin the week that would change the world forever. So if we go to the scriptures, if we go to Luke, then we can hear the words that Luke writes to tell us the story. Luke chapter 19. In Luke chapter 19, it reads this way. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead. He went on up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there. No one has ever ridden this colt. Untie it and bring it to me. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, just say the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went out and found it just as Jesus had told them they would. They were untying the colt. The owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They just replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And he went along. People spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples joyfully began to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. They joyfully praised God for all the miracles they'd seen. They, they said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, anytime there's a celebration, anytime there's something good, there is going to be someone who doesn't like it. Someone who feels threatened, and that's the Pharisees. The Pharisees in this situation, in the crowd, they, they come to Jesus, they listen, teacher, you need to rebuke your disciples. You need to stop them from saying this stuff. 
This is blasphemy. This is crazy. This is going to get us all into trouble. And he told them, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they keep quiet, all creation is singing praise to God. And as he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. If only you had known what would bring you peace. There were those who were singing and shouting as disciples and they entered into a peace. And then there were those who missed out on the moment. They didn't realize where their peace might come from. And for us, as we come to this Palm Sunday, I think there's a, a couple of things we can hear and learn again from this story. The first is to remember to praise God for all the miracles you've already seen. To praise God for everything he's done in your life already. To stop and remember those moments. So as they sang and as they shouted that day and as they praised God for all they'd already seen, they remembered. They remembered Lazarus coming back from the grave. They remembered the girl who was healed. And they remembered that boy who had had demons cast out and the, the blind man whose, whose face was healed, whose, whose eyesight was healed when Jesus rubbed mud on his face which by the way still the grossest miracle in all of the bible except for maybe the one where jesus put his spit on the guy's tongue to give him speech <laughs> but anyway they remembered all of these they remembered the water turning to wine they remembered that this man had come as an ambassador of god as a messenger of God, as a prophet of God, as the, the rescuer from God, and they remembered what he had done. Maybe for some of us on this Palm Sunday, we need to stop and remember what God has already done for us. Remember the moment when he reached down to us and got our attention for the first time, and we knew we were loved. Remember that time when he pulled you out of the spiral of depression and set you free. Remember that time when he, he came to you with such peace that it didn't make any sense at all. Remember the difficult situation that he got you through. Remember all of the ways when the worst that you could imagine actually happened and you made it through. Remember and praise God. Praise God in heaven for all that he has already done in our lives. Because when we remember, we look forward with hope. When we remember, we realize that this situation is not all that there is. When we remember, our hope is fueled, our confidence is fueled, and our faith is fueled. Because we have never been forsaken. We have never been forgotten. In fact, he tells us in Joshua 1.9 to be strong, to be courageous, and to believe in what's possible. Because he is with us wherever we go. Now, the second thing we find in verse 38, the second thing we find is that they praised him as the king who came in the name of the Lord. The beauty of this is that he was bringing about a new kingdom, a different kind of kingdom. Maybe you remember what he said in Matthew chapter 5 about this kingdom. 
in the kingdom of God, in this upside down reversal, he says, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the, those who mourn. There are so many mourning in our world today. And he says, blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted by the Lord. Today, we can be that comfort. We can embrace and pray and support those who are already mourning in our world, knowing that there will be more and more who mourn. But they do not mourn alone. They are not forgotten and are not forsaken in the kingdom of God. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who bring peace to others. We need to be the kind of people that bring peace. Peace, because that's what this upside down kingdom is about. It's not about power, it's not about economies, it's not about riches and wealth. It is about love and mercy and peace and comfort and joy. And we are the people who are bringing about the answer to Jesus' prayer Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we enter into this new kingdom. There is a new kingdom breaking through today, and we can celebrate that kingdom. And the third thing is that when the Pharisees said to Jesus, you need to stop this praise. Things are difficult. Things are hard. People are grieving. We are under the Romans' thumb, and if we aren't careful, we're going to get into trouble. Jesus said, we cannot quiet their voices because they sing with all creation. All creation praises God. All creation celebrates the amazing beauty of God. All creation is at work and doing remarkable praises. If we look at Psalm 96, 11, and 12, it says, Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant. And everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Isn't that the truth of what you see when you look out that window? As the sun comes up. As the flowers are blooming and the trees are coming back to life. That all creation, the fields, everything is praising God. Celebrating God. And when we sing, we join our voices in the right praise of God. He says in... Uh, Psalm 19, 1 to 4, let the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their heavens, yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. <laughs> All of heaven and earth is praising God. And we, when we stand up, even in times of difficulty, when we feel our hearts pulled toward grief or sadness or fear or anxiety, we join all creation in praising God. You know, when those disciples went home that night, they realized that Jesus didn't go to the palace and overthrow the Roman Empire, He went to the temple. And for some of them, they went home that night and they felt the same way they did that morning. Nothing had changed. The Romans were still in charge. The tax collectors were still coming the next day. They still had reasons to be afraid and unsure. 
But in the midst of those, those feelings, they had hope. A new hope that a kingdom was breaking forth, that something new was happening. They would have to wait a week to even begin to see it happen. And then it takes years before it unfolds and all the world is different now because of what Jesus did on that day. On Palm Sunday, we get a glimpse, we get an introduction, we get an invitation to hope, to believe in what's possible. And right now, it's hard. Right now, it's challenging. Right now, we're in the midst of a struggle. We're being pulled toward suffering, pulled toward fear, pulled toward anxiety. But we combat it. We speak up to it with praise to God for all that he has done for us. All that he has done in the past. We remember it. We write it down. We sing it. We shout it. We talk about it. We, we look to a new kingdom with a new king who gives us our security, our identity, and hope. And then we join our voices with all creation to praise. This is where we find hope in the midst of the pull to the darkness. Let's pray. Father, in these moments, would our hearts be renewed and inspired by praise? Would we realize that as Jesus rode that humble donkey, as he brought about a humble kingdom, as he brought about something new, that we are given hope, that this is not all there is. And right now, it feels like just a glimpse of hope, but we hold on to it. We hold on to it in the faith of being reminded of all you've done and then the hope of what you will do and what's breaking forth so we join our voices in praise for you are good and you are faithful and you are still at work bringing about something beautiful from the darkness in jesus name amen we're so glad you joined us for worship this weekend and if you are new to tuning into hydrant we would love to connect with you so make sure to text in to 919 919- 888-4401. And you can give to what's happening here at Hydrant and around our community. So check out our app, check out our Facebook page and our website. Have a great week.